0: to you by Site Visibility at sitevisibility.co.uk This is internet marketing. Now, before we start today, uh, we've got a bit of shameless self-promotion. Site Visibility um, has recently published the Ultimate Content Promotion Guide. It's their most comprehensive guide to date, and in it, they break down all of the content marketing tactics, tricks, and tools you'll ever need to help you achieve content marketing success. You can download the guide plus a handy printable content promotion checklist for free by going to bit.ly, that's B-I-T dot L-Y slash ultimate hyphen content or even ultimate dash content depending on your preferences but it's the same place now today i'm joined by matt heinz prolific author and nationally recognized award-winning blogger president and founder of heinz marketing matt how are you doing hey i'm great how are you i'm very very well and it's lovely to have you on the show and um which part of the us are you resigning in
1: We are in the beautiful Pacific Northwest, normally beautiful this morning. It's grey and threatening to rain, which is probably not going to surprise anyone who has heard of or been to the Pacific Northwest. But uh, at least it's Friday, so I'll give it that.
0: Well, that's good. Yeah, it is Friday, actually. We always record on a Friday. Um, Yes, because, I mean, regular listeners to my show will will remember that I like to talk about the weather. And I was very surprised, actually, because we did discuss this before we pressed record. And I'm a bit disappointed that you seem to have some British weather over there right now. (laughs)
1: <laughs> well this time of year like i mentioned to you as we were before we started recording we call this the big dark you know uh, we're we're pretty far north here so you know the sun comes up late it goes down early and it's always overcast this time of year so uh we'll make up for it in the summer but uh good good uh, good motivation to stay inside and get some work
0: done I, th- I really thought the uk you know was the only place where it was ever overcast obviously i'm wrong
1: um
0: right no. okay so tell us a little bit about yourself and heinz marketing
1: yeah, thanks. So um, uh, I started Heinz Marketing a little over 10 years ago. We help uh, B2B companies build predictable sales pipelines. You know, a lot of companies uh, face uh, lumpiness in their pipeline and uh, the lead, qualified lead volume and pipeline they're generating for their sales team. So we help uh, smooth that out and create more predictability and uh, scalability and repeatability in that sales pipeline.
0: Sounds great. Now, I was um, particularly taken, because I was uh, looking at your blog, and you did a little series towards the end of last year about uh, sort of lessons that you can learn. I'd like to talk about that, if that's okay. Well, I'd like to riff about Yeah, that.
1: of course. Yeah, no, I think uh, last November was 10 years since I started the business. And uh, what really started, it was just me and a laptop and a bus pass 10 years ago. I mean, there was no intention of growing a business. I just, I just wanted to be a consultant and do my own thing and figured I'd do it mostly with seattle area companies and um it, it it certainly has grown since then and there's been good days and bad days and you know in any business like any business um you know exciting and terrifying on a regular basis but yeah. you know as you know i were you know i don't like shining a big spotlight on ourselves i didn't want to do sort of a big hubaloo about 10 years but i figured well maybe i could turn this into content so like if you know what are 10 things that I think I have learned that still guide my guide my thinking, guide my priorities, that might be valuable for others as well. So yeah, that's where, that's where those ten lessons from ten years in business came from.
0: Well, let's talk about that because I there the, the, there are ten, but I'm going to just pick four which I think are particularly interesting. And the first two, they're actually quite similar. But the very first one he talked about was uh, put your values first, which I rather liked. But tell me a bit about that.
1: Well, you know, I think it's it's one of those things that for me when it was just me operating, I mean, you we all have sort of an our, our inherent sense of values that you don't necessarily have to write down. It just becomes sort of your compass. And I think that when as I really as I started doing business just myself, it was just it was just how I did business. As I started to grow, as we started to hire people and as we started to bring on more resources, You know, I was inherently just subconsciously, hopefully hiring people that met those values as well. But then as more people started doing things when I wasn't around, when we started hiring people that were working for other people in the business, I started to think more seriously about, okay, like, what do we got to do to make sure that we are putting our values first? Well, the first step was to actually write them down, right? To say, okay, here are our values. Here's what we believe. And to make sure this wasn't just, you know, Matt coming down from the mountain with a bunch of values, but, you know, making sure that. We all we discuss them, we agree to them, uh, we hire for them, we try to vet clients and partners based on them. But then the other piece was really making it something that was living and breathing in the organization on a regular basis. So, um, you know, deciding if we're going to take on a project if it aligns with those values, deciding how we're going to make just regular weekly decisions about staff, about office space, about how we prioritize work based on those values. And we have a series of, of sort of tactics and, and sort of rituals inside the company that recognize and reward people following those values as well. So I think the part of the reason I say put values first is that it's easy, I don't know what's easy, it's, I think it's sometimes you face situations where you can actually benefit from not following your values. And I think that that is a, that is a slippery slope. Yeah, Um, And I think long term, if you believe in your values and stick to your values, you you just end up in a better place. You end up proud of yourself when you go home and you end up with a better, more successful, more sustainable business.
0: You said a couple of things in there which um, uh, appealed to my technical nerdy mind. Uh, You were talking about um, writing them down and making sure that you're living and breathing these values, especially when you start to grow. It's not just you. I'm just curious as to how you... Kind of roll that out. Are there any specific tips on uh, apart from just writing them down? Any specific tips on specifically sort of living and breathing the values and instilling them in your employees?
1: Yeah, I mean, so you know, it's you know, obviously we they're on our website, you know, they're they're up on our walls, so people are looking at them on a regular basis. But I mean, those are table stakes. I don't consider those to be that big of a deal. When we give um, kudos inside the company, when we we use an online tool. Um, where people can give cheers to each other, and those cheers show up in our Slack channel. Yeah. Um, we at our company meeting, we always recognize uh, what people are doing, sort of big and small things that are worth recognition. And every one of those recognitions starts with the values they represented, right? So we will say, you know, hey, Lisa was really proactive and results-oriented when she did X, Y, and Z. Sheena was really creative um, when she did X, Y, and Z. So I think. You know, we are really sort of sort of putting everything that we like in the business, putting all of the rewards and recognitions through the lens of those um, of those values. And I'll tell you it is it is really, really gratifying when it's not just me and our managers doing that, but when people will come and say, "Hey, listen, this happened. this happened. I have to make this decision. A client said x and y. I'm worried that this doesn't. This violates our the spirit of being sort of you know uh, being uh, proactive or being honest right so i yeah. think when you when you hear those values regularly you know sort of you know reflected back uh, i think you know it, it tells me we're, we're doing something right
0: now you also talked about um put yourself first and i'm just wondering how that sort of links into the first one is putting your values first how does put yourself first work in your mind
1: you know i think the idea of Putting yourself first, you know, if you look at that right next to put values first, may seem like, okay, do these actually, you know, are these counterintuitive or these, do these counter each other? And I think um, they can, for sure. I think, you know, in some cases, you might find that uh, some people who put themselves first do that, you know, in violation of your values. And so, you know, that may be, you know, someone who's not a good cultural fit and not someone that you want to hire and work with. But when I say put yourself first, I think it's really important to to in in a way to honor yourself and to not burn out and to you know make sure that you are excited to go to work in the morning and proud of yourself when you go home to understand what's in it for you so what do you want to do professionally uh what do you want to do over time um you know what are your goals in your life and and you know work is obviously a big part of that but work has to fit into that as well yeah and i find that you know especially sort of you know some some of our some of our younger folks who are really talented and super motivated and just leaning into work. And it's just, on one hand, it's just really gratifying and humbling to see what they're doing, but I'm also pushing them to get out of the office. I'm saying, listen, like this does not need to work. This can wait until Monday. Um, you know, making sure people get out and actually use their vacation time. Um, I, you know, it's, I, it's important to make sure that people are, are – I think it's important that people are well-rounded. I think it's important that people you know, are selfish related to what they, what they want out of life and what they need to be better balanced. Um, I've found that that's important for me as a father of three and who has you know, many interests outside of the business as well. Um, but I think you know, even if you say like there's certain things that I'm not doing now. Like I used – before we had kids, I played a lot of golf. I'm not playing a lot of golf right now. Um, but I think that, as the kids get older, either they'll go with me, or you know I'll get to do it a little more. So I'm not saying I never get to play golf, but I'm just saying you know that'll come in another season in my life again. I was bad at golf before, I'll be bad at golf again, so you know, being intentional about what you care about and what you want is a big part of putting yourself first, and I think if you're not honest with yourself about what that should be, you can find yourself in some really stressful, really you know difficult situations,
0: yeah, now, one of the other things that you mentioned was about strategy and i think the the phrase you used was strategy is choosing what do you mean by that matt
1: well you know i think that you know a lot of people look at a great list of ideas and think that strategy means which ones you do in which order I, i i don't think many really you know uh type a folks i don't think a lot of business leaders are good at eliminating but I, do, I think that to be successful, you have to focus. Success To be successful, you have to do fewer things and do them really well. It is really difficult and in some cases really painful to let go of certain things that just aren't as worthwhile. If you did your prioritization right, if you did your strategy work right, you're letting those go because something else you are focused on is more important. But I think too many companies, you know, instead of saying here's the three things we're going to do, they keep the list to ten. And say, well, here's our top three, but these other seven are still here, and we're still thinking about them. You know that not only does that take attention and focus away from those top three, but it is going to stress your team out. Um, Those seven things at the bottom of the list, it's not like they're gone and forgotten forever. You can put them on a list and look at it again in a year, or two years, or five years, or even in in three months. But I think it's really important, and I, you know, you know, I've I've learned this lesson directly and a little bit the hard way, just in our business. You know, you. It's as you're growing you're like you don't know which opportunity is going to work and you want to sort of hedge your bets and try a bunch of things and you know that sounds great but in reality it doesn't work yeah so i've found that you know you have to be selective you have to pick the things you think are going to be most valuable for you and really lean in on those to make them work
0: you know i'm so glad that i'm not the only person with a 500 item to-do list
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, it doesn't necessarily change the to-do list right i think it's you know, I mean, let's look, at we, we can all probably work 24 hours a day and we'll never finish the to-do list. That's always going to be yeah. a whole separate challenge. But I want more of those things to be focused on the three things mm. that I care about getting done. Or maybe it's just two or maybe it's, you know, whatever it is. But I think, You know, to, to narrow your focus, to choose and eliminate is key to strategy, focus and success.
0: Yeah. And I guess this harks back a, a little bit to your values i guess because i guess you're using the values to make sure that well i suppose there's, there's a bit of filtering involved but i suppose you're also making sure that your uh, goals and aspirations are in line with your values aren't you
1: for sure for sure yeah no those have to i mean those those line up on a regular basis right i mean you know when you when you talk the talk and when you think about those values and when you make them a part of your daily life it helps you make the right choices it, it certainly is a huge part of the decision making process
0: Now, I've saved my favorite till last because it's, uh, I'll I'll say the phrase, it's, you came up with it, it was the plan isn't as valuable as the adjustments. Now, what does that mean?
1: Well, you know, I, I, I think that there's an awful lot of people that, you know, you hear a lot of talk about growth hacking and agile marketing. And sometimes, you know, look, you know, let's move quickly and we don't need to put together a plan. And there are cases where, like, it's just really intuitive what you need to get done and you go do it. But I think you know, you know those that are doing agile marketing and maybe doing growth hacking. Sometimes it's an excuse for not having a strategy and not knowing why and knowing what. There's plenty of. You know, I think you're you're always going to be more successful long term if you have a strategy to begin with and know, kind of have a roadmap of where you want to go. But I think as soon as you start to execute, you know um, that you know what hits the fan. Some things work, some things don't. The market reacts. Um, Your employees react. The market changes. And so I think a lot of some companies will build a strategy and then blindly continue to follow it without looking at what's working and what's not. As soon as your plan hits the battlefield, things start to adjust. And so I think those adjustments over time will make or break your success. I think what, what happens is a lot of people will mistake those adjustments for all you need to do. Because once you have a strategy, you're making adjustments from that strategy, you are making sort of daily, weekly adjustments to decisions to make things better. So those be, those feel very tactical. But in, but they're not random. They're not just a wake up Tuesday and what do we want to do? They're based on a foundation of objectives. They're based on a foundation of a strategy that is still relevant, but the details have changed. So I, I believe strongly that strategy is important, that you want to have a foundation of what you're trying to achieve. But You need to be willing to let go of the specifics if they're not working and make adjustments to your execution uh, to be more successful.
0: Matt, I've really enjoyed our talk today because it's so pertinent this time of year. I think I was the same before we press record that a lot of people have gone back to work, but we're not all quite in the work mode yeah i think some of us are still in that sort of very um it's a nice time of year because it makes you think more a, a, a more of a sort of 200,000 foot level doesn't you sort of thinking of the future and planning so very very pertinent but of all the things we've spoken about today if you could distill one specific thing uh, a, a key takeaway if you like for our audience what would it be?
1: Boy well, you know I think um I mean it's 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 another one of it's actually another one of the lessons that um you know we that is as you mentioned we've been I've been writing a series of blog posts on this and this is one I haven't gotten to yet but um it's the idea that you make gratitude a habit. Yeah. I think look I mean there's a lot of you know we we're living in a very interesting time in history right now for a lot of reasons and there's always adversity in front of us in a variety of variety of ways but boy I find if you can if you can begin your day and end your day, uh, with gratitude, with, with recognizing the, the, the benefits that you have, recognizing how, you know, the, the, being grateful for what we have and grateful for those around you, even simple things like family and shelter and food and <laughs> oxygen and, oh yeah, you know, to not be living through the black plague. I mean, this, uh, you know, I'm reading, um, I'm reading uh, the biography of Leonardo that was written last year, uh, pretty extensively. And, um, boy, I mean, he was he was living in the in the you know late 1400s, early 1500s, and that was a different time, man. So to be grateful that we're living now um, is one of those things. So I think making that a habit just incre- improves your disposition. It improves your energy. I but I, I become a big big uh, big proponent of that.
0: Wow! And just to clarify, that's uh, Leonardo da Vinci, isn't it, not Leonardo DiCaprio.
1: Yes, not DiCaprio. Um, I'm sure that there's a bio out there of of Leo, but no, I'm talking about Da Vinci.
0: I must read that. Sounds really interesting. How can our listeners find out more about you, Matt, and more about Heinz Marketing?
1: Um, everything Heinz marketing. So if you go to, um, Heinz that's Heinz, like the ketchup and baked beans, marketing.com. Yeah. Um, you'll find a lot of the content we're talking about here. We've got a bunch of best practice guides. Uh, you'll find our blog posts, um, on Twitter. We're always sharing B2B, you know, marketing best practices at, at Heinz marketing. I'm just Matt M-A-T-T at Heinz marketing.com. Also, um, you know, check out our podcast. We, uh, we have a weekly podcast called sales pipeline radio. It's at just at SalesPipelineRadio.com, And we'd love to have folks check that out as well.
0: Fantastic. So thanks for listening, everyone. The show notes are in the usual place, sitevisibility.co.uk slash impodcast. Please leave us a review, because we like reviews. Um, Questions and suggestions, the email, podcast at sitevisibility.co.uk. You can tweet at sitevisibility. We also have a LinkedIn group, a Site Visibility LinkedIn group. That's all from me, Andy, and it's all from Matt. Thanks very much. Thanks, Matt, and we'll see you next time on Internet Marketing.